Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we just wanted to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by you. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be. More episodes, merchandise, events, giveaways, you name it, we'll do it. But we can't do it alone. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and consider checking out some of the great reward tiers we've got set up over there or just making a donation of any kind. We want to keep this podcast free and available for everyone. So if you have a couple bucks to spare, anything goes a long way. And we could really use your help to make this podcast the best it can possibly be. So thank you for donating and thank you even more for listening. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're rebuilding the Corvette. Getting ready to roll out. So tune your radio dial. Come back to life. Because today we're bringing you Bumblebee. gonna have to get cut says you right as it swells into our <laughs> new intro no it'll be the first thing when we come back <laughs> just fade out <laughs> i'll put like an actual air horn in there <laughs> bumblebee came out on december 21st 2018 that was 12 days ago on a 100 million dollar budget uh it's made 157.2 million dollars at least that was opening weekend uh, it's got a 93 percent critic rating a 79 percent audience rating that's a that's a stark difference from what we normally see typically i think the critics are tougher than the audience that's okay it's got a 67 on metacritic Ethan, do you have any professional reviews for this film? Hold on. This this movie got a 93%. I think it should have done better. Really? The, the movie, Jerry Seinfeld, about bees, got a 93%. <laughs> no, Ethan. Haley Steinfeld, Bumblebee. Oh, I watched the I'll be right back. According I gotta to go, all I gotta go known watch the laws of aviation. <laughs> We're going to fast forward two and some change hours. It's not even two hours. That's how wow, good that about... movie was rad. Yeah, that movie was That did get a 93%. Awesome. I can see that. I had a 97% uh, right when it came out, and I'm surprised that it has fallen. I think... Uh, I'm not. I mean, it's it's still, like... I, dude, any, I mean, I don't know what I'm saying, but 93 is still generous. Listen to these credits from Haley Steinfeld. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, 97%. True Grit, 96%. Edge of 17, 95%. Bumblebee, 93%. But those are only movies? Pitch Perfect 3, 31%. <laughs> <laughs> term life zero <laughs> percent everybody's got some flops ender's game 62 percent romeo and juliet as juliet 24 percent how do you mess that up um i've never heard of it so i don't know who's our romeo here That's yeah I, yeah which one is that douglas booth whomst douglas booth he was in loving vincent which is doing really well i have not seen it i haven't I seen, have seen bumblebee now bumblebee even uh, I do you have a negative review. Negative review from a critic? What do you got for me? So, Jake Wilson of The Age says, While Bumblebee has evidently been designed as a film that adults and children can both enjoy on different levels, this risks leaving both somewhat unsatisfied. I disagree. Well, that was the only negative review I could find that wasn't like, Well, Transformers movie sucks. And this is a Transformers movie. It kind of sucks less, but it still sucks because it's a Transformers movie. It's gotta suck. It's just, it can't be good. There's no way this could be good. No Optimus chance. Prime, you know? <laughs> no, and I'll tell you, will you give give it a positive review for me? So I've got David Fear from Rolling Stone. I thought this was a good one. Uh, it says, imagine if John Hughes made a Transformer movie. 
or thank E.T., but with auto parts. I'm not sure I get the E.T. thing. I don't know that I get the E.T. thing either, but the John Hughes part lands with me. Now, John Hughes movies were like unapologetically 80s because they had to be because they were made in the 80s. Yeah. Well, John Hughes like made the 80s movie. Right. Like they made movies in the 80s that weren't 80s movies. Right. But John Hughes made like, you know, The Breakfast Club and... Yeah, he made The Breakfast Club. Right. Which is uh, what a lot of this movie is about. Well, I well, mean, not, not, a lot, not in the like, same way. Like, referentially. Go- not- Did you see uh, Jumanji, the new Jumanji? Yeah. That's a Breakfast Club ripoff. I mean, yeah. But this like has The Breakfast Club in it. Yeah. And it's got the like... <laughs> Don't you forget, forget about, about me. me. I love that movie. The Breakfast Club? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, listen, I very incorrect much enjoyed about it. this. I very much enjoyed it. It's ve- it's it's very interestingly shot. You know, it's shot like a horror movie, right? Where it was shot in like two days on like one set. Yeah. You know that that to me is really cool. It takes place like, in yeah in one day in like one room. Yep. You know, I th- I think that part of it is extremely cool, and I think it's a lot of it is unscripted. Um, you know, it's just them uh, improvising as the character, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I just don't. I guess because I don't have any sort of nostalgic ties to it. It's just not. Like, it's not to me what it is, I think, to a lot of people. And to I, me, that ending when he throws his fist up in the air is only cringy. I don't see that at all. I, I think it just looks so dorky. And I think that song doesn't go with like the throwing the fist in the air. And I think that at no point in the movie do I think of that character as like a bad. So I don't think of him as like winning at the end. And he was like talking about, I don't know, something about like assaulting her or something like really offensive being said to that character, to Molly Ringwald's character. That's who he ends up with, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't like that dude's mentality. I don't, I'm not like, oh, yay. He gets it. He's a winner now. He's, he's part of the group, you know, because he's not. They'll go back to school and it won't be the same. No, but that's the point is that it will be the same. I mean, it won't be the same. It'll be the same as it was that Saturday. Like, they're friends now. Ah, I don't see that happening. I get that that's the point of the movie, and that they have this I think that you just experience. like to write off everything that was made before you were born as nostalgia, and you hate nostalgia for some reason. I don't hate nostalgia. I, yeah, you, you absolutely do. You you despise the fact that people have nostalgic feelings for anything. You've made this clear on several occasions. That, like, just it, just, it doesn't mean anything to you as, like, a point. Like, you sit down and are like, I'm not going to feel nostalgic about anything. I'm better than that. I just like having new experiences. I liked The Breakfast Club. I liked it a lot. I don't think it's better than Ferris Bueller. I don't either. I don't think anybody's arguing that. Okay. Well, it seems like a lot of people list The Breakfast Club. Like, it's not unheard of, at least in my experience, for somebody to put The Breakfast Club in, like, their top ten favorite movies of all time. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's unheard of for people to put Ferris Bueller in their top ten favorite movies of all time. And and I will say this, I have nostalgic feelings towards Ferris Bueller. Positive nostalgic feelings. I remember yeah, ben, I mean, ben was in the hospital, and uh, Stephen Hoffman, I think, or at least that's how my memory remembers it, gave him a gift bag that had his favorite movie in it, and that was Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and we watched it while Ben was in the hospital and I will always remember that and I love that movie partially because of that and the other part because it's awesome and hilarious yeah it is <laughs> um anyway Bumblebee I will tell you straight up okay um why this movie is good this movie is good because it has a manageable amount of transformers that is a huge part of it there are four transformers after the first scene right yeah there's like there's an a- army of Decepticons there's a first scene that I didn't love on Cybertron. So there's five Transformers after that. There's a, a first scene on, on Cybertron that I didn't love. I was immediately just like, okay, this is like, we're, we're doing the setup. This is the whole cyber war thing. It's just some brief background. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't, I didn't particularly love the scene. It, it, the, the special effects didn't really hold up for me in it already. Um, and, but after that, the movie is great. Because it had a manageable amount of Transformers. There were three whose names didn't matter. And there was Bumblebee and Optimus Prime. 
Hold on, hold on. Three whose names didn't matter. Yeah, there's the one the one that they kill on Jupiter or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the two, the red and the blue one, I, I could not tell you what their names are for money. It doesn't matter. That's the thing, is they're just the villains. Right. They're the nameless rabble villains. Do you think that not knowing their names is in any way a bad thing? No. No, this movie asked, like, absolutely nothing. Of, you, you, you do not have to see a single other Transformers movie to get this movie. No, you you may want to have some familiarity with Optimus Prime as being no, the it, leader. No, it does a pretty good job of explaining that Optimus Prime is the leader. And even his voice alone is like, yeah. It's authoritative and commanding, and he gives Bumblebee orders. Right. Or B-127 at that point. Right. <sighs> Sorry. See, so he gives him his orders... And that is the the clear indication of that dynamic. What are, do they have names? Hang on a sec. I'm gonna see if I can even figure out what their names are. Okay, I don't need an ad for Bumblebee. I already saw it. I'm trying to look at the IMDb page and it's just like giving me a full page ad. Oh, I'm, the I'm on the same thing. Um, I'm gonna guess that they're Shatter and Dropkick. Oh, I didn't see those names. So the the, the, the listed voice actors are, are for Bumblebee, Optimus Prime, Shatter, Dropkick, Blitzwing, RC, Shockwave, Wheeljack, Cliffjumper, Brawn, and Ratchet. And Cliffjumper is the one that they cut in half on the moon. Yes. Or on, on the planet. Shatter and Dropkick, yeah. Those are the names of the two Decepticons. Shatter is the like, female. Out of, out of all of them, they sound like the villains. Yes. Anyway, okay. So, yeah. But either way, nameless. Well, they have names now. But the names don't matter in the movie at all. They're no. very clearly Decepticons. Yeah, very much the bad guys. Right. Like they, And this is what I do love about Transformers is that like they have logos. Right. It's the same thing with Star Wars, the Rebel logo and the Empire logo. Like You know what you're dealing with immediately. Right. It's very simple. These are based on toys. They need to be grasped by the imagination of a six-year-old. That being said, there was I was in the theater with a six-year-old that did not get it. Really? At all. So he went through the whole beginning of the movie... And then, so so once Bumblebee, by the way, this ep whole episode is going to have spoilers. We have nothing to talk about otherwise. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say the movie is worth seeing. There's not like a huge spoilerific thing to it. Just on like a movie review side before we dive into the minutia of the movie experience. Um, it does not ask anything of the viewer. Haley Steinfeld delivers a performance that like no script of this quality would ever deserve. Correct. Like she is so good. Yeah. She is a believable angsty teen in an 80s teen movie. Yeah. Uh, John Cena. Perfect. Yep. John Cena, John Cena, you said this to me yesterday. This is his Scorpion King. This is his Scorpion King. And this and is the I'm movie that, that makes him an actor. He he now has the right to be an actor. Right. He can do Like it's not the Marine. It's not train wreck. Like he a, plays an actual part. Right. I well, get that he the was Marine, the lead. He's the lead. <laughs> he's the lead in the Marine, but but like he's not, he's John Cena. Right. Now he could go and play, of course, the film's already been made, but he could play like Chris Kyle. You know, he could do that. Or he could go and do stuff like The Rock does. Yeah, do like comedy movies with Kevin Hart. Yeah, or like The Tooth Fairy. Right. You remember how mad people got when when The Rock did The Tooth Fairy and like no. escaped to Witch Mountain? Why were people, people mad were furious about that? Because they were like, The Rock's this big tough guy, man. He shouldn't be making children's movies. Like he wasn't a wrestler. Right, like like WWE. That's entertainment for, for children. There are plenty of adults who love it, but like correct. But it is entertainment for children. I think my thing with the wrestling, I get that like everybody's in on that it's fake, obviously that it's an yeah. act, and I get that it's not even about the like the injuries or anything or the fights. It's about the choreography and the storylines. But I cannot get past it being fake. Me either. I have no interest in wrestling for that reason. I like none because it's it's not 
fake. It's just I'm focusing on the wrong thing. Well, yeah, because they put because they 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 bill it as a sport is the thing. Well, and those guys it's have like to people be... say wrestling is their favorite sport, and it's not a sport. Right. It's a, it's a like the episode of South Park where they do wrestling has exactly right where it's like they treat it like a Broadway play. There's like an intermission, like a second act. Right. It's, it's, there's all of that. Right. It's it's like a it's like a weekly scripted live soap opera. It's reality TV. It's not reality TV. Yes it is. It's no. reality TV as much as any rea- TV is reality TV. No, like the Kardashians is like a producer walks in and says, "Okay, this week Kylie lost the remote for the television and we're going to film a whole thing about that." Kim, you're going to get mad at her, but they don't give him like a script. This is like every word they say is scripted. Yeah. Anyway, not the point. We're not here to talk positively or negatively about wrestling. I couldn't care less about wrestling, but it is <laughs> on the it, whole good. It is entertainment for children because, like, eight-year-olds don't know that it's fake. Right. Like, it's all real to them. Right. They, they don't have the capacity to, like, when they rip each other's teeth out, like, eight-year-olds are like, oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, what was I saying? I had a point. Darn I it. interrupted your good point to talk about Haley Steinfeld's. I will say, do you have early on? Oh, so what I was going to say about this movie is that this is, this is, like, an interesting movie because... And this is an interesting movie to put on the binary. This is a... Mm. Right? Because, like, it's very good. But it, it, it it's not a movie you have to see. That was, that was one of my thoughts leaving it, was I was like, okay, this is a movie about First Contact, and I have no new thoughts on First Contact. I know that this is not how it would be handled, <laughs> and that's all. Right. It was like, it was an excellent movie. If I never see it again, I'm not, like, the, the rest of my life will be complete still. If you never see it to begin with, your life is fine. But it's very good. It's entertaining. It's it's awesome. Like, it is a very good movie, and for that reason, it would be a one, but it's not a movie you have to see, in my question, opinion. Question. No, but the binary is not, do you have to see it? It's what I recommend you see it. And well, on you've that- been treating it for the past few months as, do you have to see it or not? I know, but I think I remember how we originally started the binary, and that was what I would you would, recommend. Would you, it I would not? recommend it, yeah, for I sure. Would definitely, so it's, if it's you were going there. to the theater, I would like. There are four blockbusters out as of this recording. There's Mary Poppins Returns, Aquaman, Spider Verse, and this. And of those four, I've only seen this one. But before I had seen any of them, this was still the one I was most interested in. And I'm like a big Spider Man fan. None. Of, the only movie that I'm sold on out of those four based on the trailers is Mary Poppins. Oh, that is the one I'm least interested in. Yeah, because you didn't watch Mary Poppins. Right, yeah, so I have no connection whatsoever. This is like a... I know we were just talking about my my aversion to a nostalgia, but I've never seen Mary Poppins. <laughs> that's just... That's wild. They're like... I. If we didn't have the VHS, I didn't see it. That's how there it are so is. many there are so many random movies that your whole family just missed out on. I was talking to Beth about this last night because she was Beth- like, "Jonathan's never seen Mary Poppins." And I was like, yeah. "Neither is Tyler." Yeah, why would I have seen it? <laughs> Because you were a kid. Yeah, and it came out like way before I was born, right? Right, but that's like one of the quintessential kid movies. I would uh, show Mary Poppins to my kid before any of the Disney Renaissance movies. Any of them. Really? Hard. Yeah, absolutely. It's a better movie. <laughs> but like, by a long <coughs> shot. And I know Sam Borman is sitting there right now like, um, excuse me, there's no better movie than The Lion King. <laughs> but like, Mary Poppins is better than The Lion King. Is it? Absolutely. I, oh, yeah. I've seen little bits and pieces of it inside the Disney store before. Um, and I've never been sold on the music from it. I never really... I mean, obviously, I've never sat down and watched it beginning to end. But I'm not, like, sold on the premise. She's like a... Magical like a nanny. Magical nanny, yeah. Like, I, okay. She she shows kids fun. I don't yeah. know. You just gotta watch it. Is it better than, uh, who was the cat in the hat? What? You remember the cat in the hat movie, Dr. Seuss? Yeah. Who was it? Who played the cat? I don't know. Hat? It was creepy. It was creepy. Is it better than that? 
Yeah. That's about a magic nanny. That was Mike Myers. Mike Myers, that's what it was. I kept thinking Jim Carrey, but he was the Grinch, so obviously he wasn't the cat in the hat. I think I think that's a that's a role, a live action Seuss character. I think I think Jim Carrey's the only person that can do that. And I still don't think that that was that great of a movie. No. I think Dr. Seuss needs to just stay animated. Yeah, I agree. It potentially needs to just stay books at this point because, like, the Lorax is apparently terrible. I never saw it. I I never had much interest. Um, on Bumblebee, though, no, no new thoughts on First Contact. Uh, I I do have a question. The Nemo or Vimo, what's the friend's name? Memo. Memo. Was he supposed to be, like, dorky looking? I guess so. That dude is handsome. I couldn't separate him from being Nick from Love, Simon. Oh. Because I had just watched love simon like two days ago yeah so he is like he's like the cool soccer player friend you know this is a movie i could have seen them putting uh the girl from love simon in as well she's in that dog movie wait which girl the black girl from love simon's in the dog movie you talking about hannah baker yeah who would she have been Haley steinfeld nah i wouldn't put it past them she looks too old she does look too old she doesn't look young enough to be hannah baker yeah not that not that we promote that show but, but even in Love Simon, I was like, you. D- the rest of these people sort of look like high schoolers. You don't look like a high schooler. Right. I will say, I just finished reading Dear Evan Hansen, and uh, I know that it was originally Ben Platt who played the role of Evan. Yeah. But all I can picture is Nick Robinson. Nick Robinson is Simon. Yeah. I can see that. Have you read it? No. Oh, you should. It's good. I've heard it. I mean, not interested. All right. Yeah. Um, but I finished reading it, and I was like, yeah, no, this is Nick Robinson. Like that's that's the only person who could play. I this love role. Nick Robinson. Nick Robinson, and then like maybe a younger Ezra Miller playing uh, Connor Murphy. I just want I want to just watch Perks of Being a Wallflower, just the Ezra Miller scenes on repeat for the rest of forever. He's so good in that movie. He's good in everything. He is. He's so good. Ezra Miller's a mood. Yeah, I, I still I just go back to that that like San Diego Comic Con cast photo of the whole cast of Crimes of Grindelwald, where everybody is dressed all nice and Ezra Miller is in a Toadette costume. I just that's what I would wear. <laughs> Like, there's just, that is the dude that does not take himself too seriously, but also, like, isn't a jerk about it. He, uh, he ran into some flack not too long ago. I don't know how we got into Ezra Miller. We ran into some flack not too long ago where he was asked to sign a poster, and it was, like, an Infinity War poster, and he was like, no, I'm not signing that. Why would I sign that? <laughs> He was like I, obviously joking about it, but it was yeah. still like, you know, the headlines afterwards were like, Ezra Miller refuses to sign fan memorabilia. Right. <laughs> like, and I get it, but it's like, it's not a movie I'm in. It's not. A, it's also from the rival studio to both of his franchises. Oh, right. He's a flash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was forgetting about that. I was like, what? Like Harry Potter and Justice League exist to fight Disney. Whoa. I mean, no, I think <laughs> Warner Brothers is just very lucky that they got those rights. <laughs> right, yeah, no, I mean, they would, I don't think, I think if Disney won that bid, it'd be good. I don't think, I really don't think it mattered who won that bid. <laughs> right. Um. Anyway, so so Bumblebee, this is a solid movie. Like, I, this is twice as good as I expected. I, I went in with no expectations at all. Once I had seen the tom- tomatometer, tomato meter, I was like, okay, this is probably good. I'm really excited to go enjoy this movie but when i first saw the previews and everything i was like i don't care if it's good or not i'm ready for more transformers see yeah you you love transformers a lot more than i do at this point i don't like i mean honestly of the original five i i don't i don't think i've seen the last two and i don't know that i could say i enjoyed two and three i haven't seen three i think i have i know the second one has like a lot of weird plot holes and sam like brings the all spark key in a sock like after it turned to dust 
He's got a problem. He's got a lot of problems. Is what I was trying to say. I don't know what I said. He's got a problem. Whatever. Sam. Um, yeah, Sam Witwicky. Sam Witwicky. Yeah. Uh, I was actually relieved that this movie didn't have like a Sam Witwicky tie-in. Really? I mean, it does right at the end. Well, he turns into the Camaro, but it wasn't like. Oh, this is, you know, Dave Witwicky or whatever. Sam's dad as a young man. I think what's interesting, they don't mention Megatron already being at the Hoover Dam at all. Is Megatron supposed to have already been at the Hoover Dam? Yes. He'd been there for like 50 years because that's Sam Witwicky's dad or great-great-grandfather on Earth's Megatron. Hmm. I didn't think about that. The North Pole. Yeah, but did they move him then? Or would, like, John Cena have known? I don't think John Cena knew, but Sector 7 was obviously already a thing. Right, so John Cena's boss probably knew. Or the Sector 7 representatives. I was sad there's no John Turturro. Yeah, well. There's only so many tie-ins they can make, though, because Bumblebee ends up on Bernie Mac's car lot. Right. Of course, he shows up there that day, but still. As they're driving in, yeah. Right. Right, because he's... Sam's protector. Yes. So once Sam finds the AllSpark, or the, the glasses or whatever. Yes. Are you ladies man 9247? Where are the glasses? Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, this movie was just so much better than that. I felt like I was 14 again. Like I did. Like watching I really, Transformers yeah, I, in 2007. This gave me the same joy as that did. Yeah. And this was like something that I know I'll be able to enjoy again. Yeah, but based on the previews and everything, I had no interest in seeing this movie. I was like, it doesn't look very good. I'm kind of over the whole Transformers thing. It's a Christmas time, so like there's a solid chance it's just not good. Right, they're just putting it out here just because. Right, and then they started the really bold advertising campaign of going on the TV and being like, this movie has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. You have to see it because of that. And then I was almost legitimately like, well, I'm not going to see it because you said that on TV. That's why I saw it. Yeah, but I like I wanted to to boycott it for that reason. Really? Yeah. That, that just feels like you? it feels taboo. It feels like that's a thing you don't do. Oh, pretty much every movie does that these days. That's the first time I've seen that. Oh. Yeah, that's the that's the first time I've seen a, like a trailer do that. That feels like a rule you don't break. I don't really but, watch a lot of television. It, so and I don't if know. it had said if it had said like, oh, this movie is a uh, well, I don't think I saw it on TV. I think I saw it on like like a pre YouTube ad. Right. But if it was like, this movie has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, I would have been like, yeah, okay, I'm not seeing it. Weird, weird but, flex. <laughs> but the fact, that, the fact that it was like, that Bumblebee got a 94%, I was like, okay, hang on a second. What? What? Because I was like, there's no way this would be better than the first one. No way. There's no chance. Because it's a prequel. Like, they're just not as good. Is but this they better? Are. This was better. This was better. It turns out. I didn't realize it was a different director. I didn't see the director's name in the opening credits because I was looking for it. Travis Knight. What else and has he done? And also Steven Spielberg has nothing to do with this. He was an executive producer. Not according to the any credits. It was in the credits of the movie. I didn't see that. But This dude has never directed a bad movie. Who? Travis Knight? What yeah. has he directed? I've never heard of him. Oh my directed- god, stop giving me this ad. I've seen Ku- the movie. <laughs> Kubo and the Two Strings was the only other director director role and he produced the box trolls and paranorman which are both certified fresh kubo and the two strings is a really good movie and he's directing and is producing missing link which was previewed before this movie looked pretty good yeah i saw a preview for that the other day that's uh what hugh jackman and uh zach galifianakis right is that it it's it's yeah. animated so i mean i don't know but no i saw that as a preview before i mom and i went and saw the grinch and i was just like who is that as the link is zach galifianakis okay Gotcha. Zoe Saldana, Hugh Jackman, Timothy Oliphant, Emma Thompson, Zach Galifianakis, David Williams. I don't know who David Williams is. But otherwise, good cast. Yeah, they're probably pretty good, yeah. Well, and based on the uh, director choice, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Well, neat. Anyway, Bumblebee was rad. I, I, I don't know if I would call it a... You know, I think I think 94 or whatever it got is, is a little bit generous. Really? 
Yeah, what I, would about give, I would give this movie like an 8 out of 10. The average rating is a 7 out of 10. Yeah, there's some nostalgia factor to it that I think is, is weighing on me that like, again, like I felt like I was 14 again, enjoying it for the first time. So I think that gives it, but like it's, it's definitely not a perfect movie. I really didn't like the first scene. Um, I think that if it if they just found some way to start with it being Bumblebee landing on Earth, that it would have just honestly been better. Right, and then you had like the Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi message from... Right from from Optimus Prime, and then you could tell that story. Then I just thought it was weird, a weird way to open. I didn't I didn't enjoy that scene. That was the whole the one scene out of the whole movie where I was like, and it didn't even feel like it fit. It felt like it was a different director, like it was a different studio. The one thing I didn't like about that scene, I, I actually did like that scene. I thought it landed well with me. I didn't like it went back to the same Decepticon two or three times when it would like flash back to that scene. I don't even know how to describe what it looked like, but it went back to it a few times, and it would like focus on it on screen. And I was like, I don't know who this is supposed to be or what this is. Because it's not Megatron. It's not Starscream. It's not like a Decepticon that the, the layman would know. Right, that I had the toy of. Right. It was, just, But it, it looked like they made the toy of it, but it didn't look like anything I would know offhand. Right. Um, and that was frustrating. It, it talked and it said something weird and slow and it lingered on it for too too long. Yeah. Um, Bumblebee having a voice was like shocking. It hurt my brain. Yeah. Like shocking. <coughs> what do but you I, think of... So I've got a few complaints with the film. Do you okay. have a point to make real quick? No, I was just going to say I was going to change the subject as well, but okay. I'll come back to, to mine. Okay. I have a few complaints to make and this is... The first one is a complaint I've had with every single Transformers movie. When they transform as a toy it's really cool because this like you know toy camaro or whatever turned into bumblebee when they transform in the movies like parts shrink and expand in ways that they're not supposed to and they're only sort of resembling a vehicle by the time they're standing i mean obviously not resembling a vehicle at all but do you know what i'm saying i I actually thought this one did a better job of that than the other ones did really of like showing a the difference between bumblebee when he's the jeep and bumblebee when he's the bug Mm -hmm. because there's like different wheels and different his his wings are like different doors right and i had a better an easier time identifying like what part of the car that was so i I actually thought they did that a lot better in this movie that that he more resembled what the toys looked like to me when i was a kid did you collect the transformers toys at all i had like 20 of them so this is an interesting thing this is sort of the reverse nostalgia for me i don't remember ever playing with transformers toys i'm not saying i didn't i know that other kids had them I don't remember ever owning them. So I I watched the like there was like a Transformers TV show that was out when we were kids. Yeah, it is animated. Yeah, yeah, an animated TV show. Um, I think it was like a like the second one that come out anyway. So I had a bunch of toys though. Okay. I had a bunch of the toys. Like I had a Starscream. I I, I don't think like I feel like the yellow car had a different name. I think that's accurate. I think Bumblebee is like a. As I remember when the first Transformers came out, even being as young as we were, there were people older than us who were like offended that they called the Camaro Bumblebee. Yeah, I was like, what is this? But anyway, um, so I had that. I had Starscream. I had Megatron, who was the tank. Starscream, I think, was the helicopter. I thought Starscream was the uh, F 15. I had that one too. Then I had the helicopter, whatever helicopters, a blackout or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a bunch of them. I don't know if I had 20 of them. I did have an Optimus Prime. I remember I got Optimus Prime for Christmas one year because that was like the big one because he was huge. He was like much bigger than the rest of them. So he was a lot more expensive. So I got that one for Christmas one year. This is Optimus Prime? Yeah. But so I had a bunch of them. Like, like full-sized ones, you know, yay, yay large, 10, 10 inches or whatever. And even then, I remember how little the car one was, because he is much smaller than all the rest of them. Bumblebee? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't... 
that wasn't as obvious to me until this movie. They also, he seemed much shorter in this than the Transformers did in the original Transformers. Like when the police car stands up and Sam is watching it, it's like 60 feet tall. Yeah, they all seem smaller in this. Yeah, they seem much more reasonably sized. I think they're just they're just better. I think they just figured a few things out. Oh, I'm sure. You know, it's been, what, like 15 years? 11 years. Since 2007, it's been 11 years. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Trying to find the original name of Bumblebee. There were books. There's been a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of lord of this that i am unaware of i will yeah. say this i think we could do a video here ethan this is brainstorming tyler and ethan's very first theory video okay so it is i uh, just just in doing this light research it is uh sort of widely accepted that the hasbro toys exist in the same universe so what does that mean ethan that you could make a hasbro theory it means that john cena could be the first gi joe isn't john cena gi joe no has he not been gi joe i believe wasn't that the rock i don't know i remember seeing the first those one movies those are movies. terrible you didn't like those no. Rise of Cobra, Retaliation. Uh, Dennis Quaid, Channing Tatum is G.I. Joe. Chris Eccleston is the villain. Okay, so I found the show that I watched when I was a kid. It was on for like two years. It's called Transformers Armada. It was 2002 to 2004. Okay. And the yellow sports car was called Hot Shot. Yes. Yes. And I had those toys. Those are the ones I had. Megatron was like a green tank. There's so much lore to this. I mean, there's a lot. There's been like a bunch of TV shows. There's been a bunch of movies. This Megatron action figure is $6 on eBay. Do you want it? You gonna get it? I might. <laughs> which which of the other... So there's a bunch of like 90s and early 2000s uh, like sort of fiction, fictional worlds, mythologies whatever you want to call them, fandoms that sort of existed. You know, you've got Power Rangers, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, stuff like that. Which of those were you most interested in? What are you still interested in, if any? And because uh, to me, the only thing that stick stuck was Transformers. And I wasn't even into it back then. Like I, I got into it with the first live action film. Re and repeat that question. Of the 90s and early 2000s, late 80s, <coughs> sort of more action packed animated and live action series so like trans teenage mutant ninja turtles transformers power rangers stuff like that so i never cared about or liked teenage mutant ninja turtles really really yeah i didn't i didn't care um i still don't particularly uh, I ne i've never really watched many of the movies or the tv show teenage mutant ninja turtles was a weird one for me because we had a game for it on the sega genesis that we loved but nobody else had there was two games for it for the sega genesis at least and we had the one that less people had does that make sense yeah. So like when you went to the arcade or whatever, when they had like the big consoles, it was the other version of the game. Right. Um, and I loved that. And there was an animated series when we were a kid that was popular, but I don't remember ever watching that. I remember watching the live action movies and the animated movies, but there have been so many different iterations and so many different stories and so many different, like, like there's no continuous canon whatsoever. It's all just all over. It's sort of like a comic book, right? Where it's like, you've got so many different Spider-Mans that are out there you like like i collect the amazing spider-man comics but i could collect amazing spider-man renew your vows or i could collect spectacular spider-man or i could collect you know all these different stories with the same title right. character right you know and that's sort of where it is with with teenage mutant ninja turtles but there isn't like a canon that has gone like with spider-man there's like the amazing spider-man has existed that's where spider-man started 
and it is still out today. As far as comic books. As far as comics books go. Yeah. Like, that's the end-all, be-all, this is Spider-Man. Right. So, like, and that's a lot of the problem that I have with um, Spider-Verse. Is that it's so? like It's like a different canon. But it's not. But it is. How is it a different canon? Because it's not MCU. Well, it is. No, it's not. The idea is universes collide. I've not seen it, so I can't no, that say is, that for is, certain. No, that is, like, that is Sony's equivalent of, like, putting your relationship statuses in a relationship with somebody on Facebook, and the other person being like, uh, no. The idea with Spider-Verse is that Tom Holland's character could be in it. Right, but he's not going to be. That's just flat out not going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised. I would, because they have a story going with Spider-Man. There's another Spider-Man movie in the proper established canon coming out in six months. Yeah. Like, being released. Yeah. I don't like having two separate things going on at one time. I'm not interested in that. I don't think it should be happening. This is the problem I have with Spider-Verse. It's just its existence entirely is frustrating and confusing. Oh, I'm very excited to see it. I have not yet, but I, I... Hopefully will the day this episode comes I'm also out. frustrated that, like, nobody is listening to me saying that I, I don't feel like I can physically go see it. It's incredibly not, frustrating. I'm not pressuring you to see it. You were for a while. You just kept saying, like, and you kept making comments about, like, well, you know, Ethan's not interested in it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, I cannot watch the trailer for the movie without getting nauseous. Yeah, so we're and not going to review it. nobody is listening. To, yeah, but you keep asking me to review it. You've asked me three times now. You even were like, hey, would, would you be cool if you just missed an episode and we had a different person on? Because you can't go watch it. Well, and then you said no, so I said okay. Right, but, like, and it's not just you. It's like, nobody's listening to me. Everybody's just like, well, you know, I mean, you're not worth existing if you haven't seen Spider-Verse. And I'm like, I, I can't. Like, I don't feel comfortable going to see it. And and it's it's a super frustrating thing that people are just aren't listening to me saying that. They're just like, well, you're just, you know, you're just wrong. Like, no, that's not it. I think people are just really enjoying it. And we run into this problem with Emily a lot because she has very high sensitivity to, like, strobe lights. Yeah. Where, like, she won't be able to see a movie because she physically can't see it. And it's this weird, like, how do I face this problem of, like, like going to the movies is just such an accessible thing for so many people that the thought of being unable to see a certain film because of an insignificant reason not an insignificant reason but what what is to them an insignificant reason like because to me the trailer didn't bother me at all i thought it was like an incredibly cool art style Right, so that was like a, a non-issue for me. So when you come in and say, I can't see it because it gives me a headache, you know, I, I've sort of experienced this conversation with people before, and I, I think I'm a little bit better about it, but at first it's like, what do you mean it gives you a headache? If you don't want to see it, just say you don't want to see it. But th- I know that's not the case with you. Right. Do, do you know what I'm trying to say no, here, though? No, I, I get it. But that's what I'm saying, is like, that just people keep telling me over and over again, like, well, you just have to see it. Like, literally, even somebody said to me last night, well, it's probably worth just going to try. Like, it's that good. And I'm like, that's not the point. There's people right. being like, this movie is worth you putting yourself through that discomfort for because I say it is. Right. And like, that's just incredibly frustrating. There's a lot of things that are bothering me about it. I don't even think the trailers are that good. Um, I'm not sold. Like if, if I was going just based on, on looking at a trailer of the movie, there was no way in hell I would go see that. Really? The trailer looks terrible. Terrible. I think, I think the trailer looks good. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't make me laugh. It doesn't make me interested in it. I, I liked the little short that played after um Venom, but like, I don't, I don't eat, like the, the character of Peter Porker makes me want to vomit. What, the John Mulaney or? Yeah. That he's just think, like moist all the time. And I think oh, that, that a talking pig was too far. But I haven't seen I, the movie. I will say, yeah, that that is my only hesitation going into it, is that that seems this, like a certain type of silly humor that is not going to land well with me. Right. I'm not interested uh, in that type of humor. And it might be very funny. I might be completely wrong. But this is just based on what I have seen from the trailer. And and it, at this point in my life, it, like, yes, I would go see it if I, if I thought I could because 
a million people have told me to go see it. But like, if we're talking just based on the trailer, which should be the only reason I need to see a movie. And trailers are getting worse and worse as time goes on. And we've had conversations about this on the show. But like, that was just, I, I wasn't sold. That was it. I just wasn't sold based on the trailer. I also don't, like, with some movies, like, I don't feel like I need to see A Dog's Way Home because the trailer told me everything that happens in the movie. I think you need to see it because you want a movie podcast. I don't think we'll discuss A Dog's Way Home. But uh, I think overall, for me... You know, as we go into 2019, I just want to see more films. I get so frustrated this year because we're coming up on Oscar season, Oscar season, and there's going to be like 10 films in the best film category, and I'm going to have seen like two. And I'm so frustrated with myself for this reason. Like, I, I wish I could just go to the movies all the time and have seen all of these movies. I think there's nothing more frustrating to me. And you probably run into, I don't, does this ever happen to you? When you go talk to somebody and you say, I, oh yeah, I run a movie review podcast. It's called Bacon and Eggs Movie Lovers Podcast. And they ask you some obscure film or just like any film that's currently in theaters or any film that was in theaters this year. And they're like, what do you, what do you mean you haven't seen it? You don't have a, a review written up for that? You, don't you run a movie so review podcast? This is the thing I run into with John Negroni all the time is he constantly is seeing movies he constantly tweets about movies that i've never heard of yeah because well, like, he's got all those like tiny niche theaters around him right and i don't have that i don't know where these movies come up i never see ads for them i never see people tweeting about them that aren't john negroni i know like, he just he sees so many movies that i've never heard of not, not a poster not a trailer not a tweet, not a like, this is playing on Fandango, nothing. And that's the way it is with the, with the Oscars every year is they announce the best picture nominees and there's 10 of them and I've heard of three and there's seven I've never heard of. And then I watch them like, these are awesome movies. Why, where were these? There were a few of them played at the Grandin. <laughs> but like, I just don't, I don't know what I'm missing to like, is there something I need to subscribe to? Like, do I need to get like a magazine or a newsletter? You could follow film Twitter. That's what John does. Go to John's tweets and replies, and let's just start following all the people that John I would just, replies to. I would just to. love a a like a list, like a, like a mailing list that came out once a week. That's like these are all of the movies opening everywhere in the world this week. Do you think that would make you more likely to see them? I think I would at least know what they are, and it, and it, like give like a like the tagline or whatever, like a like a you know the 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 book jacket re review of it, right? Because every year there's there's movies that win these awards that like, I've never heard of, ever. Especially in the past couple years. Like, when, when Moonlight won the best picture, I was like, what in the hell is Moonlight? Did you see it? Yeah. I still haven't seen it. It's good. Is it? It's the best picture. They're all I good. I believe it's good. Yeah, they're all good. That's that's a safe way. If you're a movie person, you're like, I don't know how to get into, like, fancy good films. Just, Just start, start watching like, the best pictures. Like, yeah. Like, go, take a pick a year. Pick, go to... Here, here. Here's how you do it. Okay. People have been asking me this a lot recently. Um, because I've been in our Discord talking about, like, art films. Go watch the 10 Best Picture nominees from 2014. What was it in 2014? That was the year Birdman won. So it was like oh, that yeah, and Whiplash and... Hang on. Here's the other thing. People aspiring to be the kind of person that talk about film to others. For 2015. I hate the Oscars. You are never, ever going to see ever movie. Every movie. No, more movies come out per week than you could possibly see. Like, right. 
You can watch a movie every day and you're already behind. Right. Yeah. More than one movie comes out every Thursday. Okay. So best best picture. Um, the the nominations that year were Birdman, American Sniper, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, the Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Oh man, I've seen most of those. That's that is a good place to start. The, that, that was is a an, good place ep- to start. an excellent year for like because a lot of those movies landed with major audiences as well. That is an excellent year for like I want to get into deeper cinema. Just go yeah. watch those movies. I don't want to have just seen Disney films. And that being said, I feel like sometimes we're hard on Disney films. No. They do a very good job of making a very good film very often. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that most Disney films fall between like a low six and a high eight. Yeah. They're just not the only films. Right. They're not. And there are some people that it's very hard to explain that to. That's as far as I'm going to go down that road. <laughs> Critically, Ethan, I think this movie scores really well for me in terms of telling a compelling story that I care about, developing characters that I'm interested in. And, you know, I'm interested in the dynamic with... We were talking yesterday when we first had our first discussion about this, and I I want you to just repeat what you talked about with the stepfather. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved the development between um, Charlie, who is Haley Steinfeld's character, and Ron. Ron? Ron's his name? Ron. Ron, yep. the stepdad. Because it's, it's, it is very clearly set up like this. But the whole movie, you're like, we hate Ron. We hate Ron. We hate Ron. We hate Ron. We love Ron. Ron's the best. Ron's awesome. Because all of a sudden, Ron is a stepdad who's just trying to help out. Like, he is doing the best he knows how. And he, even he says it when he's in the, in the car, and she's like, we got a kid in the car and he's like i'm trying to save the other kid it's a lose lose <laughs> like, he doesn't know what he's doing he's got you know, he, he jumps into this relationship with this woman who just lost her husband probably trying to to cope with that with the the angsty finding herself teen stepdaughter who really misses her father and you know they have money problems the the the, the younger kid is obviously the favorite can't do anything wrong right and and he's just like i don't know how to make this girl help happy i don't want to help i don't know what to do but i'm just trying to figure it out so i loved that development i love that character i love the the relationship between the two of them and how at the end she's just like yep yeah, all right ron's awesome ron tried to save my life ron's the guy Ron's the guy. And I, all of Charlie's relationships are interesting. They they didn't try to overemphasize the relationship, the burgeoning relationship between her and Memo. Because he's like obviously interested and she's kind of interested, but she's like, I can't focus on this right now. Do you know what I loved? What? Okay. You remember Transformers? It was like 14-year-old me saw Megan Fox and was like, oh my God, this is the most attractive woman that has ever existed in, that has in ever human existed history. in yes. human history and then she's looking under the hood of that camaro this is awesome this is everything Haley steinfeld in this movie Haley steinfeld is a beautiful woman like just period and she plays a, a transformers girl which is like a teenager's version of a bond girl and she is i can't wait by the way until ryan george from screen rant does the pitch meeting for this movie where he's got to explain to, to hasbro and to, to whoever produced this movie like oh yeah by the way she's an olympic class diver yeah we're just gonna throw that part in <laughs> for no reason for no reason at all oh why is that because at the end it'll make sense if she dives into some water <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she like she plays a diver, and there was like a there was a scene at the end where they set it up for her to like be the Transformers girl, right? To like take her shirt off and jump in the water, you know, and like look all hot or whatever, right? And they just didn't do it. Yeah, they just didn't. She just jumps in the water with her clothes on. I was like, oh my god, 
I love this. This movie is amazing. Right. And it was just this so much of the original movie hinged on like Sam and whatever her name is falling in love. And this movie just didn't. Like it was there. They're they're clearly like they're gonna they're gonna do the relationship thing normally, like normal 18-year-olds, and you know, we're not gonna over-sexualize her character. We're not gonna do anything weird like that. We're, it's just like, it's a cute thing. He's there to help. You know, he shows up late on the bike and it's just like, I'm ready to save the world. Oh, Cena's I thought like, that was dumb. Really? Yeah, I thought that was the dumbest thing. Oh, I thought thing. it was funny. Was like, I laughed. I legitimately I'll, laughed. When he was like, I'll stay back and hold him off, and then he does literally nothing. I was like, why did, Why are you even in this movie? Uh, yeah, I don't really know. He doesn't matter. I thought it was I, It was, It was. was funny, though. He's just that like comic, kind of comic relief character. Yeah. Megan Fox plays Michaela, by the way. Because he rolls up. Yeah, he rolls up on the bike. Everything's over, and John Cena had just let him go, and... He's just like, all right, I'm here. I made it. And John Cena's like, world's already saved, kid. And he goes, cool. Can you call my mom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're normal teenagers. Right. The normal older teenagers. You know, they are right. 18. Right. I mean, they have jobs. Like, they work at the, you know, pier. She works at Hot Dog on a Stick. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was something they had made up for Parks and Rec. And it might be. And they just use it in this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she works at Hot Dog on a Stick, and even her just to emphasize how much her job sucks. Uh, her boss is just like, "Hey, I need you to go steal some sticks from the, the deep fried banana people or whatever." And she's hot just like, "Why don't stick. we just sell them without the stick?" And he's like, uh, "You can't have hot impossible. dog on a stick without that the stick." Hot dog on a stick is a real company. I had no idea because they make up all the the names for the restaurants in Parks and Rec, like Ponch Burger and all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Parks and Rec. Because that's when, when, when Tom Zizanzari quits his job at Foot Locker or Lady Foot Locker or whatever. He's like, Jeremy, I quit. Suck it. And also, I've been giving free sports bras to the girls at Hot Dog on a Stick. <laughs> hot Dog on a Stick. Yeah, it's a real company. That's wild. I had no idea. I didn't either. I'm learning so much right now. Her job did look like it was absolutely no fun. They wear those hats, too. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And, he, and she wore the hat. And she spilled lemonade on the hot guy. And she's, like, clearly interested in him. And I was like, oh, God, why? And they didn't why pursue that. Gonna... They didn't yeah, pursue it... that. She had the Just opportunity to right totally there. win that guy over by diving in the water. But she can't dive in the water because the last time she dove was the last time she saw her dad alive. Yep, and that was super sad. That was some feels train I was not ready for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there 25 minutes into Bumblebee weeping in the back corner of the theater. <laughs> you sit in the corner when you go by yourself? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I got to be able to pull my phone out and make notes. Oh, I'm not pulling my phone. If I pull my phone out, I will not pay attention. I pulled my phone out to make notes. I pulled my phone out to tweet that 2018 has been a banner year for the Rickroll. It has. Because well done, Bumblebee. in this movie, Bumblebee plays, like she puts the, the never going to give you up tape and he shoots it across the room. <laughs> He's also not a fan of the Smiths. Oh, I was so happy that Bumblebee I was didn't like, like the Smiths. That's right. Although then later on, Bumblebee does play a Smith song. But I know, like, but whatever. she was like, she was the quirky girl from the '80s that like has the Smiths T-shirt that she cut off. Right. And he's like, she's like, this is the best band ever. And he, she puts the tape in. He's just like, nope, nope, this is not it. Done. This not is happening. Not it. Not Quick question. Ain't it cheap? Just, just putting a feeler out there uh would you like to open a hot dog on a stick not really that doesn't seem like the move why believe what is their not, franchise fee believe it or not we qualify and we could do it right now okay <laughs> that sounds like some risk minimum population sixty thousand within 10 miles check minimum median household income of forty thousand dollars 
check. Square footage from 600 to 1200 square feet. We can knock that out. Uh, and then investment, $25,000. The problem is we'd have to put it downtown and the wiener stand is downtown. Uh, I don't care. Yeah, people love the wiener stand. Yeah, well, you know, this we can't, is not, we're not a wiener stand. We're not going to compete with a, the wiener stand, though. This is a corn dog stand. Also, I would be glad to do this at Valley View Mall and put Auntie Anne's out of business. Oh, like in the mall? In the mall. You do not want to run a mall store. A mall. I knew a guy that ran a mall subway and he was, it was miserable. He like owned it. (laughs) Miserable. You don't get to set your own hours. They tell you when you're going to be open and you pay way too much for rent. Anyway, no, I don't really want to open a hot dog on a stick. (laughs) I'm ready. I I do not want to, I do not want to own fast food. I'm not like, unless I have a ton of money and can do it with like a GM. This isn't fast food, Ethan. This is an iconic hot dog franchise. Whatever. It still means I have to hire high schoolers. <laughs> high schoolers to wear the dumbest hat in the world. Yeah, I'm not about it. I don't think... I think that if a hot dog on a stick was going to work in Roanoke, it would have already happened. I don't know. This seems like an opportunity. No, because we'd be competing with the wiener stand. People love the Roanoke wiener stand. I'm ready to put him out of business. The wiener stand can go. The Roanoker can go. 611 can Whoa. go. Whoa! You back off the Roanoker, sir. Best no. breakfast in town disagreed you're wrong you're just not even better than famous toastery or our daily bread or it is though it's about ihop quality famous roanoker quality oh yeah oh my god you're so wrong oh god you had their biscuits and gravy it's i mean you had famous a's like yeah famous a's sucks famous a's biscuits and gravy's rad that was what made me love biscuits and gravy that was the first one i ever had that's unfortunate i'm sorry for you famous a's A's sucks famous a's is not a good restaurant i'm ready for famous a's to move out i'm ready for no more roanoker like i said no more wiener stand what is your issue with the roanoker why why do you hate the establishments the established because they're in iconic locations that could right. be but so much you'd rather, better you'd filled. rather replace them with chains that is the well, most anti-roanoke mentality i've ever heard <laughs> no i would not rather replace them with chains a hot dog on a stick shouldn't go where the roanoker is that would be a ridiculous decision <laughs> that would be That's a big what... hot dog on a stick that is a huge <laughs> restaurant i would put a brewery there the idea ethan is a brewery on every street corner we already have that I know. There are more breweries in Roanoke than we can sustain. That, that is ha- a then- that is a bubble market. Yeah, it is. It'll pop. That's why I'm thinking deep fried hot dog market. Because you know, you know, be- you know why Roanoke is succeeding with the breweries? Because we had so many factories and warehouses that we did not know what to do with. Oh, I know. And 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 I wish we still had those factories because they pay a lot better than breweries. But and and they employ a lot more people. Uh, but we don't. And, that's and you can sad. only make so many of them into fancy millennial apartments. Right. <laughs> I want an apartment building with no walls. Not like my apartment has no walls. Like, no apartment has walls. That is like a hostel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone lives together, but it's not really like, you know, you have your own space. You have a little, little blue tape on the floor outlining your space, a little blue painter's tape. That and sounds like a great way to get all of your electronics stolen. <laughs> but that's the thing. Why do you, why are you getting stolen when you could just go to the community room where there's a nice projector screen? It's also not roped in. It's roped in actually. That's what you get. This, this sounds like <laughs> <laughs> the worst place in the world. Like the worst place in the world. You said community room with a projector and my brain (laughs) shut off.
Who's got nice couches and stuff? You're describing like lazy days. What's this lazy is like a days? hookah lounge. Hookah lounges. Do you remember hookah lounges? Yeah. Are they still a thing? They're still a thing. They're, there's one, There's two downtown. Is that really a hookah lounge? Or are they smoking something else? I don't know. I've don't never been in there. I'm not 18 anymore. I know, right? You're I can drink to... alcohol. Right? I remember we used to go to the hookah bar and it was like, yeah, man, this is the this is the cool thing. I really feel like I'm relaxing here. In like a dark room playing loud music and like rave lights on the wall. Lazy days. I liked lazy days. Lazy days were chill. I would have gone there and hung out without doing the hookah. It just, the hookah made me nauseous. I, yeah, tobacco. Listen, kids, you're going to read an article, if you don't know what hookah is, that says something along the lines of hookah is the safest safest way to smoke tobacco. But let me tell you right now, you are still smoking tobacco. It might be the safest way to do it, but that's like saying it's the safest way to get in a car crash. Right. <laughs> it's still it's not good. still a bad idea. And if you're writing an angry comment right now, no, thank you for subscribing on YouTube. Kids don't, kids don't go to hookah bars anymore they just jewel in the school parking lot oh my gosh i'm so anti-jewel yeah that's all I they would, do now that's all the kids would, do now i would sign petitions that's my toothpaste and orange juice this week and every week is jewels jewel culture i don't like here's my thing about vape culture ethan in general is people who vape are always like there's no scientific evidence that it's as bad for you as smoking it's like okay well again this is the hookah argument okay and b you're literally smoking a battery i just don't believe Believe that that's not bad for you. <laughs> Jewels are like the Bud Light of vape. Yeah, they are. Because they're, they're, they're the kids that are just like, this is all I need, man. I don't, I don't need a real vape. I just need the Jewel. The same guys are like, oh, I drink Bud Light because it's cheap and it gets the job done. Right. It's like, you don't drink beer to enjoy beer. You drink beer to be drunk. Right. Kids are, are jeweling to get a nicotine buzz, whatever that's worth. I put a dip tobacco in my mouth one time. Didn't you vomit instantly? I vomited instantly. I've never done it. I've never even wanted to. I've smoked. I've smoked hookah and I've smoked cigars. I've never smoked a cigarette. Uh, I, I put the dip in my lip one time because I was just, uh, this was all curiosity. And I'll give you a quick review. Uh, the dip tobacco gives you the nicotine buzz or the tobacco buzz or whatever it is people are smoking for. It hits you immediately and it hits you hard. I believe it. It is not a good feeling. It is not like, oh, wow, I understand why people do this to take the edge off. It's like, oh, this sucks. I didn't like this at all. I've smoked cigars, never gotten any sort of buzz or anything because you don't inhale. I don't really understand the point of cigars. They're like an expensive taste. And uh, I, I understand cigars about as much as I understand bourbon. Oh, that's a good point. Like, I, I, I will drink a fancy glass of bourbon and I'm like, this is nasty. And I'll drink cheap bourbon and be like, this is still nasty. You can just yeah. mix this with some ginger ale and it'll be delicious. I don't have a palate for bourbon. I'm like, I'm very thankful that I have not yet had to go to like a bourbon club meeting. Oh, I, I always drink the cheap stuff at that. I don't like, because they've got the nice bourbon. And if I give it to me, I'm just not going to enjoy it. We went to... Ben's Christmas party and he cracked open this like special bottle of bourbon and gave me some of it and I had already had some drinks and I was at the point where like if I had done like a shot of vodka I would have just barfed everywhere and that right. that bourbon had kind of the same effect on me I was just like my mouth was like this is liquor <laughs> liquor oh my god there's nothing in this and then I put ginger ale in it and made a very good bourbon ginger and yeah. that's that's the thing that's as far as I go with it like, that's, and that's I, I feel the same way about a cigar. Go. I'm like, you know, a $2 cigar from 7-Eleven, man, this is kind of gross. And then like a nice <laughs> cigar that somebody gives me, like a proper Cubano, you know, that I, that, that boss gave me in the Dominican Republic. I was like, this is still gross. <laughs> this is still a lot of tobacco. Yeah, like, and they're like, you don't inhale it. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with it then? Just like, 
<laughs> just like it does it doesn't go to your lungs is the idea right but like what am i doing just sit there go and that's what they do is they sit there and just like they puff it what yeah. why what is this doing for you i don't know i remember we used to do cigars at one of the fraternity nights and it was always like like that night was the only night i ever enjoyed it and nobody even smoked like a cigar they smoked a, a true black and mild uh you know a, as it comes in the package. <laughs> right. Out of the package, into the mouth. <laughs> right. There was no... Some people we didn't empty them out. No. Comp, prop, popular tamperings with the black and mild. We were not, not interested and, uh, in that this process. And at this day in my life, I have no desire to go, like, get a black and mild. No, neither do I. Uh... But yeah, I, I, you know, of all the tobaccos, I would say kids don't smoke. Just don't, don't bother. Smoke. It's like it's it's really not worth your time. And if you've like if you're into the jewel thing, I'm telling you, I don't care what research you read, I don't care who told you, it's going you to be bad for you. Still have a nicotine addiction. You yeah, you still are addicted to something that costs more money than than not being addicted to it, and it provides no nutritional value. <laughs> yeah, it does nothing for you. It can only maybe down the line potentially harm you. <laughs> Accurate. Oh my god, I forgot what I was going to say. I mean, I, f I remember this now, but I forgot that I was going to say this earlier. I was talking about, you know, y y you said you may want to have some working knowledge of, like, what a Transformer is, and that, but it's made for kids to be able to get it. But I, right. there was this one kid in the theater with me that did not get it. So, it, up until the, you know, when, when Bumblebee does the whole thing, and he, and he turns into the, the Volkswagen, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, you can just see him scanning the Volkswagen before he blacks out. And I don't know how he ended up as a Volkswagen in, like, a, like a marine repair shop. That was not really a clear thing as to how he kind of got there. But she gets the, she, you know, she dusts the car off, does the whole thing with the bees, gets the car home, and then the arm drops out and a kid goes, oh my god, it's Bumblebee. <laughs> like, she wipes the dust off the Autobot logo on his steering wheel. <laughs> and I was like, no sh kid. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan explains things to six-year-olds. Right, but like, he said it like loudly in the movie theater. And you could tell that all the other kids were like, yeah, duh, even the six-year-olds. <laughs> I, I, when I saw it, I don't think there was any kids in the theater. But I saw a late showing on New Year's Eve. I saw a 140 showing on New Year's Eve. No, a no, 1 o'clock showing on New Year's Eve. Is that when the kids go? I guess so. The theater was packed. Packed was for Roanoke. Not, yeah, not packed for my showing. Yeah, no, there were probably 40, 50 people in there. I was the only unaccompanied adult. I was, I think I was the only unaccompanied adult. I think that it is largely due to the stigma against seeing films alone, which I don't understand. You're going and sitting in a room not talking to anybody. No, there wasn't even like another like couple it was families oh like children is what you were talking about. right that's what i mean like like adult at a kid's movie without a kid i was the only one and i've had this this problem a couple times when we've seen movies for the show um like with i had the same deal with uh with uh ralph breaks the internet it was like everybody had a kid with them i did not there should be a service like rover where i can just get a kid <laughs> oh god <laughs> To like, I'll, I'll take it to the movies when the parents can't. This is I, this is called babysitting. This is a real thing that happens. But like, I just want to pick the kid up, bring take it to, it to the, the movies <laughs> with me, and then will you pay for its ticket? Yeah, sure. And then bring it home. Or like, the parents could pay for the ticket through the through the the uh the app, you know. Because if your kid's like, I want to go see Princess Sparkle Fairy's Dreamland or whatever, you pay the ticket price plus, like, my ticket price. <laughs> and I take your kid to the movie. And this is going to come out weird, but I mean it in, like, totally not a weird way. Like, background checks. Like, I'll get a license. Like, whatever. 
<laughs> Do you think you could be accredited by the Better Business Bureau? No, absolutely not. People would be like, you're going to kidnap my kid. <laughs> you're going to take my kid to a dark room, But I mean, huh? when, I, when I was, Is that what you when I was driving Uber, there was more than one occasion in which I would, like, drop a kid off at the other parent's house. Oh, that's weird. That happened probably seven times. Ooh, I don't know if I'd be comfortable doing that. I was not comfortable. I called the cops one time. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it was just a really sketchy situation. Like, I picked this girl up. She was, like, 10 years old, probably, and, like, brought her to I picked her up at this sketchy motel and brought her to like another sketchy motel. And then when you left, you called the cops. And this was in New like, Newport News. And as soon as she got out of the car, I was on the phone with 911. Did they show up? I have no idea because two minutes later, while I was, because I was waiting for them to show up, and two minutes later, I heard five gunshots. Dang. But that was from like a different direction. Right. But I was like, okay, well, I'm getting out of here then. I'm not waiting around to see what happens. <laughs> Got my nice newish car. Yeah. I want that to get shot. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, be involved in this, uh, whatever's going on downtown Newport News. It's a sketchy world down there. Yeah, I drove Uber down there for like three months. Before I was like, okay, I'm going to die. I didn't die. I'm fine. Made it out. Still good. Everything's good. Yep. Don't even have that car anymore. Oh, that was the Camry. Yeah, that was when we lived in Port. We lived together when you drove for Uber? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I mean, we did. Yeah, we did. Because I worked at Brickhouse. Yeah, you worked at Brickhouse. It was right when I started at State Farm, when I was like, yeah. not really making commission. I drove for Uber. I made good money. St. Patrick's Day, I made like 400 bucks in one night. And I only worked that's for a, three hours. That's a good night. And then I w went out and took another Uber and got super hammered at Haas's Deli. I have been to Haas's Deli. Now, in, in Newport News, there's like, for the listener, the city Ethan and I used to live in, there was like a bunch of bars. But there was three that stick out in my mind. There was Brickhouse, where I worked. Manhattan's, which was like across the street from the neighborhood Brickhouse was in. Yeah. And Haas's Deli. And I never went to Manhattan's once. Those were the bars that college kids went to. Yeah. When, when I started living there as an adult <laughs> with like a job i learned that people go other places where did you go i didn't go to other places but like people go to other places like i knew a bunch of people that hung out at kelly's that hung out at like the yorktown pub kelly's was the spot right as you pulled into port yeah. Now, I remember... Anyway, Haas's Deli on St. Patrick's Day was a wild time. I walked in there, and the bartender was like, by the way, we're doing $2 Irish car bombs. Oh, my God. And I was like, cool. And I spent, like, $27 on Irish car bombs. Oh, my and God. And when I got home... I realized I forgot to eat anything. Oh, no. So I'm just, like, at home. I'm, I'm laying on the bathroom floor <laughs> in the port apartment after having thrown up eight times. Like, leaving a voicemail to what I thought was my girlfriend, who's in Ireland. <laughs> it turned out to not be her because she never got any missed calls or voicemails from me. I was calling someone else, leaving them voicemails <laughs> of me singing Fall Out Boy songs. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I didn't black out. I, like, remember doing all this, but I was so trashed. That, like, I had no idea what was happening. And then uh, I went to work for half a day and then drove to Roanoke and then we saw Elton John. And I fell asleep while Elton John serenaded me. So did I. Because I'd been at Haas's Deli until 4.45 <laughs> in the morning. I've never felt so guilty, though. Because you and your mom bought me those tickets and or won them from the radio or however we got them. And I was so excited and so grateful. And I also had to drive a distance that day, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah, we were both coming from Newport News. Yeah. And I, I remember being so tired and so sad that that I was. It was like the Disney World thing where it's like, while I'm here, my exhaustion, my pain, none of it matters because Elton John is in the same room I'm in and I'm going to get the most possible enjoyment out of it possible. Yeah. That's going to be me falling asleep during a lecture at PodCon because I'm jet lagged. Right. <laughs> it's like, who cares that we're tired? Who cares that we're in Seattle for three days? <laughs>
Right. <laughs> We're going to enjoy this if it kills us. Right. By the way, listeners, if you're planning on attending PodCon or were thinking about going and you didn't know if you should, Ethan and I will be there. We are not marquee guests. We are paying to go. But you know what? We will be there. We will be there. Bumblebee. I thought the fight choreography in this movie was very clearly inspired by WWE. It was, and I liked that. I liked it a lot. I, I thought that too. there was a manageable amount of robot fighting. Right. It wasn't like insane. I could tell who was winning in each fight. I had this problem with Optimus Prime. Not Optimus Prime so much, but like, who was the Pontiac Solstice? Um, I don't know. Something Ratchet or something? Here's the thing. You don't get to be a gray Autobot. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I had this huge problem with all five original Transformers movies where the action sequences were basically null to me if they weren't obviously Bumblebee or Optimus Prime. I None of the Decepticons, Decepticons can I tell apart at all. Not while they're Maybe, not transformed. What do you mean? Like, I knew what they were when they were cars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, when they're cars. Like, when the big thing with the comb happens in Transformers, I know that. But, like, when they're just standing there, they may as well all be Megatron to me. I, like... I just can't figure it out. Maybe this is because I don't play with the toys, so I don't get, like, the obvious markings. I know that, like, those are probably Decepticons, and those are definitely Autobots. Right, and that but. was the thing is, like, <laughs> that that was the one thing I thought about this movie that is interesting, because the villains are cars. Yes. For most of the movie. Like, they are, like, that was the thing is, the Autobots are cars, the Decepticons are not. Yeah, the Decepticons are military vehicles or planes. Which are military vehicles. Yes. I guess they're just all military vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the Autobots, for the most part, are cars, or, or like, rolling civilian vehicles. Right. Um... But, like, in this movie, there was a red car and a blue car, and they were the villains. And they were both challengers. It was a fight, like, a fight of the primary colors. Yes. I love the guy that voices Optimus Prime. Who is that? I think he's the guy that voices Optimus Prime. Is that all he does? I have no idea. It could be, it's probably, like, Clancy Brown. I don't know. He's like, Autobots. Roll out. Roll out. Peter Cullen. I've got a bit of a cold right now, so this is my best chance to be Optimus Prime. His, Give me some Optimus Prime quotes. So his um, top four movies on IMDb are Transformers, Transformers The Last Night, Transformers Age of Extinction, and Transformers Dark of the Moon. So they're all Transformers. Freedom he's is also, the right of all sentient He's also beings. Eeyore in one episode of Doc McStuffins. Who's Doc McStuffins? Doc McStuffins is a TV show that your niece watches. Is that what Lammy's from? Yeah. Okay. In any war, there are calms between storms. There will be days when we lose faith. It looks I think like it could be a good Optimus he is Prime. the animated voice of Eeyore before Brad Garrett, and he is also Optimus Prime. <laughs> and that's pretty much it since, like, the 90s. So he's not like Mr. Krabs or anything? No, that's Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. That's the other person you said. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not Clancy Brown, but sometimes people are Clancy Brown, and I'm like, eh, what? <laughs> well... Twitter sometimes for me, it's decided it's, it's in landscape mode now. Interesting. Also, Bumblebee is the kid from uh, uh, the Maze Runner. You mean the kid from Love Actually? No. What? No. He's Dylan O'Brien. He's Thomas in the Maze Runner. Yeah, the kid from Love Actually. No. That's Newt. Oh, yeah, you're right. Have we talked about the Maze Runner on here before? Nope. Man. I mean, not the movies, obviously. I would know that. Uh, but the, the the book, man. I started reading that book. I could not, for the life of me, care about any of those characters. They were all just so mean to Newt for no reason. And maybe that reason is revealed, or I'll buy into it by the time I finish that book. But I listened to, like, half of it. And I was like, mmm, I hate this. And I returned it to Audible that day. Fair enough. That's my review of The Maze Runner. Nice. Have you read a good book recently? I read the Dear Evan Hansen novelization. That was really good. Uh, have you read a good book recently? Is that, is is that, that what a, you're asking? No. Is that a novelization like of the play? 
Yes. Not the other way around. Correct. Okay, then I'm even more uninterested in it. It was really good. It read... I honestly, by the time I finished it, I was like, I don't know how you would adapt this to be a play. Well, because it was adapted from a play. Right. That, that, that's my thing. It's like I, when I finished it, I thought to myself, I don't know how this would be a play. I don't know. I've listened to it. I'm not interested. Not the book, Not interested but the, in the music? Yeah. I've listened to the, really? the, the music from the musical. They didn't, didn't sell me. Oh, I liked the music. I'm pretty hit and miss on musicals. I either love them or I just don't. I like your hoodie. It reminds me of that picture you had of you and Jirachi that you deleted because you're a That was in this house. That is the opposite of hitting the upload button. <laughs> Hit the delete this embarrassing photo button. All right. Well, what else do you want to talk about with Bumblebee? I don't know. That's the thing is that like it's it's at the end of the day, it's not a thought provoking film. That no. There's a lot to say about. I will say this about Bumblebee. I loved this movie so much that at the end of this movie, when Bumblebee transformed into the Camaro, I was sad because to me that meant there won't be a sequel. That the sequel is Transformers. Right. And I want more Haley Steinfeld. I want more John Cena. I would I just... I said this last night, but I would watch, like, a rom-com, like a teen movie sequel of just about Charlie. Yeah, I Like, would with too. no Transformers in it. I think that would be a very interesting thing to do. I agree. I would also watch a story about John Cena's character. Well, I think that if there is a sequel, then that is likely what we will, we will get. More John Cena? More, yeah, like, we'll get a, like, how he finds Sam. I think we'll get more Haley Steinfeld. I don't think they're ready to get rid of her. Right, but that would mean she'd have to meet Bumblebee again. Yeah, when they like parted ways, that was so sad. Right, but uh, that's a pretty closed door to me. I think if they make a sequel, then that will ruin this movie. Because Optimus doesn't make it to Earth until Sam finds Bumblebee, right? Um, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah, he lands on Earth with all the others. Gotcha. And becomes yeah. a truck. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you one thing I did. I was not crazy about was the like turn people into goop gun. Why? I don't know. It just seemed like magic when part of the what made the Transformers interesting was like that they just blew people up. It did just blow them up. They turned them to goop. It popped. Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, he says I like the way they pop. I think it's like a sonic uh. thing. I didn't pop, so clearly it wasn't that powerful. What? You're not I mean, supposed to pop. Was... You're you're a, you're a listener. I mean, a watcher. Right. But I mean, if that's what it does, like that would be a really bad movie if it killed all of the people <laughs> watching it. That would be bad. That would be not ideal. Um, what did you think of the? I, I one thing that frustrated me was how dumb the government was. Yeah, that they were just like, yeah, we'll give them, we'll give them satellite access. There's no way this could go wrong. We're the government. Right. They were like, don't worry, once we get this done, we'll destroy them and sell them for parts. I was like, man, I don't think this is going to work the well, way you think it is. But that's that gives a good setup to mm-hmm. Sector 7 in the first Transformers movie, though, where, like, John Turturro doesn't take any chances or take any from anyone. Right. Like... He's like, I know what these things are capable of. Like, Sam is like, this is aggressive force, I'm a teenager. And he's like, no, it's not. We've been down Trust this road us. before. <laughs> We had two of them. Yeah, so, like, they know... I mean, and there are definitely some holes, because Sector 7 doesn't seem to know a whole lot about Megatron, and, like... Well, but they wouldn't in 1987. Like, at that point... No, no, Sector 7 in the first... in, in Transformers 2007. Right, but in 1987, in this movie, they would know even less. Because they say, like, all of the modern advances are because of Megatron. But none of those modern advances have happened yet that they talk about. Like, the Blu-ray and the MP3 and the microchip. Correct. Correct. But, like, they seem surprised that Megatron is, like, an evil giant robot. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. This this creates a little bit of an issue there is because, like, clearly Sector 7 knows that they're evil giant robots. Right. And there are not evil giant robots. Well, I guess they're on the... They don't know that. John Cena knows that. Yeah. They're all on the... All the robots are evil Right. John Cena realizes it, and he lets 
him go get away. Yeah. And then probably subsequently gets fired, and that's why he doesn't work for Sector 7 anymore. Because he's G.I. Joe. An elite force. Except G.I. Joe was from, like, way earlier. Like him himself? Yeah. G.I. Joe the toy. Well, there's a... I, I, We'd have to dig deeper into the history of all this stuff. But there's a chance that that's what John Cena was before he was, like, leading training missions in the Pacific Northwest. That was a funny scene. I liked all the scenes that had John Cena in them. Like, that made me laugh. Yeah, I Where agree. he's just shooting the guy over and over again. With the paintball gun? Right. And the dude's like, I hate you. And John Cena's like, I love you, but you feel like your masculinity won't let you say it back. <laughs> and I was just like, just get a quick little, like... A quick little, like, human compassion lesson in there real quick while we're, right. <laughs> like, dudes are allowed to say they love each other as friends. Like, this is a totally normal thing that happens. And and that was a little teaching moment there with Transformers. And I was like, okay, I respect that. Weird flex, but oh, okay. I'm with this. Yeah, I get it. Um, but it's definitely not a thought-provoking movie. It's not like, uh, how do I feel about aliens now? Right. How do I feel about giant robots? <laughs> it's, like... it's, it is the best kaiju movie to come out in a long time. Probably since Have Titanic. Have you seen the previews? <laughs> Not better than Cloverfield. Uh, no. Have you seen the previews for the new Godzilla? Nope. I'm all in. Not interested. Why? Tired of Godzilla movies. Mothra, Ethan. Tired of God. I haven't seen the preview. I don't know what it's about. But the last one was everybody raved about it, and it was okay at best. I mean, none of them are very good. They're kaiju movies. Right, but we've got good kaiju movies now. You just talked about Cloverfield. Cloverfield was an excellent movie. Yeah, it was. Pacific Rim is a kaiju movie. That's terrible. Ooh. You liked Pacific Rim. I don't know. I always think, when I think about Pacific Rim, I always think about that other, like, B-list Robert Downey Jr. role. What was it, like, BattleBots or something? I don't know. It's like Boxing Robots or something. Was Robert Downey Jr. in it? Oh, God, I don't even know. I literally don't know. We saw it at Hunter's house. Did we? Yeah, because his truck is in it. Hmm. I'm, like, remembering this now, but... but Yeah, this Godzilla 2014 (sighs) was not that good. And so if this is a sequel to that, which if it's just kind of another reboot, then I'm even less interested. It is a sequel to that. Okay, but I'm glad it's not another reboot, but, you know, whatever. I have not seen a trailer for it. I did not get that trailer in front of this movie because I went to AMC. Oh. Because I am an AMC A-list member. Need a little, uh, little shout out there. I'm just explaining why I went to AMC. Oh. Okay, it was not Robert Downey Jr. Who is in this? I don't know what movie you're talking about. What's it called? I don't know. I've got to look this up. Real Steel. What'd you say? Who's the lead in the Real Steel. Real Steel. Who's in this? Hugh Jackman. Oh, I remember this movie. Hunter's Truck is in this movie. I remember and this movie. And that's why this is a bad we movie. saw it. It was not good. No. There's there some it is. movies that I forget about completely. That, like, you and I saw together that, like, because we saw a bunch of movies together back in the day. There are movies that I forget exist. Like, even just from, like, not recent memory, but, like, not that far off. Like, you remember Cowboys and Aliens? I have no idea what that movie was about. I know that it was right after um, Daniel Craig became Bond, and he was in it. Is that correct? Yes. It's Daniel Craig and Olivia Wilde and Harrison Ford. What a cast. Directed by John Favreau. That sounds like something I would enjoy. I do not remember if it was good or not. It made $174 million, and it cost $163 million. Hey, so it made its money it back. It made its That's money back. Matters. But it's the thing where Daniel Craig has the, like, neck collar on, I think. Yeah, it's it's like the episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, or like a bracelet Words. or something. The neck collar is uh, something else. Do you see this picture I just sent you with Hunter's truck? Uh, hang on. Real Steel. I remember that movie. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman before he was like jacked. This would have been right in the middle of it because he was this. This was around at the same time. This is 2011, so yeah, that, that is Hunter's truck. Of... He doesn't look that huge though in this this picture. No. But I mean, yeah, they're like fighting robots. I remember this movie. Yeah, it's like the boxing ring. Yeah. But not this. Yeah, it would have been two years after Origins. Same year as Butter. Butter? Butter. What is 
butter. Hugh Jackman played. It's Jennifer Garner, Ty Burrell, Christian Shaw. I've never heard of this movie. Phyllis Smith. In Iowa, an adopted girl discovers her talent for butter carving and finds herself pitted against an ambitious local woman in their town's annual contest. 40 on Metacritic. Never seen this movie. Never even heard of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He played played Boyd Bolton. Anywho, I don't know what else to say about Bumblebee. I think we can go ahead and wrap up. All right. I'm okay with that. Okay. Now, as far as films this year that we've reviewed, how does this rank for you, Ethan? Um, it's not as good as the Toy Story movies. No, but it's better than Transformers. It's better than Transformers. What did we review last week? It's not as good as Jurassic Park. It's not as good as The Princess Bride. No. I don't really know where the, all these fall because I still haven't done the list because I'm bad at my job. I think this is exactly where I'm lost. Like Last week, I think I could still picture it all in my head, and now... I can't. It's like the, the Jenga tower has been destroyed. I know that it is better than... Okay, well, than... let's... Yeah, just look at all the movies we've done this year. Okay. Because there's still a pretty clear divide yeah. between, like, good films Th- and I'm bad I'm sure we films. can find a spot for this. Princess Bride, Miracle, not as good as Miracle, not, not as, as good as Jurassic Park. It's better than Ralph Breaks the Internet. Better than Ralph Breaks the Internet. Better than... Uh, better than Crimes of Grindelwald. Not better than Toy Story or Toy Story 2 or Toy Story 1. It is better than Transformers, and it is better than Venom. Yes. So it looks like where it cruxes is on Ralph Breaks the Internet. So, yeah, it's above Ralph Breaks the Internet, but below... Miracle. Miracle, yeah. I totally forgot about Miracle. Same. <laughs> I was like, when did we... I love Miracle. When did we talk about that? A couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, so it is indeed... Yeah, it's 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 <coughs> not as good as Miracle, but better than Ralph Breaks the Internet. I'm, I'm fine with that result. I love this movie. I think... I mean, if you were looking for a good romp this holiday season, this is what I would see. This is... Yeah, this is a good romp. <laughs> That is a great way to describe this movie. Who's the villain here? John Cena? The Decepticons? No, the Decepticons. They suck. Yeah. Ineffective. Ineffective. Not not very good at what they did. Uh, quick question. Why did they take away the name Makuza? I still don't know. Okay. Makuza was a great acronym. I agree. I just wanted to ask. I, I don't know. If this movie was a breakfast food... What would it be? I think like really fluffy scrambled eggs. Like really fluffy scrambled eggs. You know, because it's it's yellow, okay? Okay. Um, a little bit of pepper on there. And it's just so good. It's light. It's airy. It's got... It, it's, it's very good for you. Got some protein. It's got some protein in it. Uh, it's easy to swallow. Easy to watch. Okay. Oh, I'm with it. That's a weird way to describe <laughs> eggs. <laughs> easy to watch. But it's, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's got everything you need, you know, especially... You know, it, it, and it would be Scrambled Eggs because it's a great movie to watch, like, after you've had your wisdom teeth out. Yeah, it's also better with Haley Steinfeld, you know, much like Scrambled Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that took a turn. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so that's where I'm at. It's Scrambled Eggs, but fluffy. Fluffy. Yeah, I think I'm saying no cheese. I think you know, this is well prepared. Doesn't need a lot of additives. I would put some milk in there, of course. Obviously, and scrambled eggs are always better with cheese. I agree. But this movie but wasn't cheesy. It wasn't cheesy. It well, was it? No, it was. If anything, it was campy. It was a little campy. <laughs> oh, by the way, she's very good at diving. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at now. What what else do you got for me? That's it. That's all we got. No. Oh. We gonna wrap the show up then? Yeah, I mean those those are the those are the rankings we do. It is. That's everything. We did breakfast food. We did villain, and we did big board. It's not not as good as not as good as the iceberg. Way less effective. Iceberg still the best kaiju villain of all time. Really, really, just let him have it. Yeah, just super effective. You know, the, like what did they say? Like six thousand people went into the water and six hundred came out or whatever. Yeah, very good at what it did. Literally decimated, decimated. Anywho, I think that's all we do. 
I think so, yeah. So, you want to wrap, wrap us up? Wrap us up, yep. Sure. Sure. Alright, um, thank you for listening to another episode of Bacon and Eggs. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, everything's in the description. I'm on Twitter as at WowNow and on Instagram as at BaconMethan and Tyler is on Instagram and Twitter as at AmeriCarlin and the show is at Bacon and Eggs Pod. Uh, our logos are by Vaishan Brandon. He's done some incredible work for us and he goes by graphite.vmb on Instagram and then our music uh, is by the lovely Andrew Bell, who is Andrew Scott Bell on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find all of his stuff there. Um, I'm doing vlogs on YouTube every week. They'll be coming out Monday, so there'll be a new one out Monday, but there are currently four available as you're listening to this. So go watch those, smash that like button if that's something you're into, and subscribe. And you can get merch at teespring.com slash stores slash bacon dash and dash eggs. You sure can. And from what I've t- been told and from what I've owned, the shirts are very nice, very high quality. Yeah, I have, the, I have the, the hoodie with the white strings, and it's very comfy. Logo hoodie, not the Howdy Yokes Yeah, the, the logo hoodie. The bl- I got it in blue. I would recommend getting it in blue. That is... There are the other options, is. but you can get it in blue, and it's a very good blue. It is a good blue. It's a nice... Uh, I, I used to have a Patrick Star hoodie that was that blue. It's a great blue. It's very... Co- very very coughed. Very soft, very comfy, and you can get some merch. We should have some new merch coming out soon. We should? Yeah. We should. We just commissioned new graphics. Yep. <coughs> Anywho, any final thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, you can also support us on Patreon. Listen, I mean, if you've made it to this far in the show, this show probably gives you some value. And if you have a couple bucks to spare, it, like, I know we've already talked about this and we, we talk about it a good bit. It would genuinely make a huge difference in both of our lives if you went over to patreon.com, selected one of the reward tiers, and became a patron of Bacon and Eggs. I mean, obviously, you get value out of this show, and we would love to see a return on that value. Um, and, you know, I mean, if this is worth $5 a month to you, then and pay it forward. It'll make a difference in our lives and it allows us to do so much more for our audience. And if there, if you look through our reward tiers on Patreon and you, whether you're a patron or not, see something or don't see something that you think that we should be doing or you would like us to do, shoot us an email, baconandeggsmedia at gmail.com and we would love to consider it. We want to constantly be giving back in the ways that you guys want. Yep. So if you can help out, please do. Um, you know, we keep the show free and available for everybody, like we said. Um, we don't do a whole lot of ads currently. That may change in the future, but right now it's just not necessarily worth it for us. So if you can help us out, give us a couple bucks. We would love you forever. We love you forever anyway. Yeah, thanks for you, listening. Yeah, people that listen to this show. So, great first episode of the new year. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin. And until next week, Arrivederci. Autobots, roll out.